Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. This week on Second Amendment Radio in the Great Outdoors, I'm Mark Cox, and here along with uh, Carl Middleman. Pew, pew. Yeah. Bo Matthews has the weekend off, so we're going to get Bo back in here next weekend and uh, cover all the news that affects uh, the Second Amendment, talk to you about uh, the Great Outdoors and all that good stuff. Hey, great show for you today, by the way. Uh, We're going to be talking uh, to Frankie Cambaletta a little later in the program He is a film producer. He works right here in St. Louis. He's a partner and founder of Shift Films. He has extensive background on prop guns and real guns and the use of them when you're on a set. That uh, Honestly, a perspective that I don't think you've heard anywhere else. I'll be real honest with you. But Frankie's been at this a long time. Uh, He knows the rules of the road. He is a gun enthusiast. He supports the Second Amendment, and he's been paying really close attention to what's been going on with the movie Rust. And in fact, even knew some of the people that had been involved with that film. So it's going to be a fascinating story for you to hear from uh, Frankie Cambaletta coming up here uh, shortly. So be be sure and stay tuned for that. Uh, Also, this week we had the Supreme Court hearing this gun case out of New York. That's been a big Second Amendment issue. I covered it on my own show this week on 2A Tuesday. And it is, I think the court's going to make the right choice here. I mean, it's a shame that we've had to wait this long since Heller But what they've done in New York and some of these states is outrageous. I mean, the fact that imagine for a moment that you wanted to go down to your town square or somewhere on Main Street and pronounce your political point of view or what you think about the weather. But you find out when you get down there that there's a law against that and you have to prove to the government the reason that you want to exercise your First Amendment right. That's how ridiculous the gun law is in the state of New York. They they don't deny that you can have a gun at home. But to get a concealed carry weapon, to carry a gun outside of your house, 
you have to prove that you've been threatened somehow. And uh, the, the, the justices rightly questioned that and why they thought they had the right to go so far to restrict your Second Amendment rights. And I can't wait till we get a decision on that sometime uh, in the spring. Hey, I did want, I do want to mention this because the, the month of November is a big month for my show which is the Mark Cox Morning Show on 971 FM Talk. But we, we honor the, uh, first responders all month. And we got a, we got a raffle going on right now. We can win, we, you can win a really cool gun. And we, we don't have the raffle ourselves. Our friends at Responder Rescue, we're raising money for them this week. They have the backs of our first responders when they get injured or something like that, can't pay bills, Responder Rescue steps in. So we're going to raise money for them. They're having a raffle. Thanks to our friends over at uh, the Range St. Louis West, they have donated a Sig Sauer M400 Tread AR-15 rifle. It's tricked out with some really cool green dot optics. Comes with four magazines. It's worth fourteen hundred and fifty bucks. Basically, you can buy a raffle ticket for ten dollars a piece through the website. Uh, you go on, you buy. If you buy five, you get an extra one. Uh, so if you buy 10, you get two extra ones. We're going to draw a live on Facebook on the 24th of November. So buy your raffle tickets today. Get on there. You can do it right now. Uh, just go to 971talk.com slash first responder. 971talk.com slash first responder. You'll find the link on there. I should say first responders. There's an S on it. You can actually just go to 971talk.com slash Cox, and there's a link right there. Okay, good. If that's so, easier for you guys to remember. Well, whatever's easier, just go. please go do it. Go just, buy just some get tickets. A raffle it's, ticket. It's a cool gun, and it's cool that Responder Rescue's got this set up with the range. They've donated the gun, so 100% of the profits will go directly to Responder Rescue. We'll announce. We're hoping to raise at least five grand. So go buy a ticket. They're $10 a piece, um, and you have a chance to win that really cool a Sig Sauer AR-15. It's a cool gun. We appreciate that. Hey, uh, coming up, uh, there there's somebody down in Florida came up with a really great idea. It's called Big Daddy Unlimited because they wanted you to have access to uh, accessories and weapons and all that at a really great price. We're going to talk to uh, them coming up here in just a couple of minutes. Sherry McKnight's going to join us. You're listening to Second Amendment Radio in the Great Outdoors. Time is money. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 
baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Brought to you by Chuck's Boots, your hunting headquarters for hunting footwear and Carhartt winterwear. Chuck's Boots in Fenton and St. Peter's. And now you can shop online at chucksboots.com. Tell them Bo sent you. Thanks, Bo, and welcome back to Second Amendment Radio and the great outdoors. Uh, we are so glad this week to uh, to have a true defender of the Second Amendment on the show with us, Sherry McKnight uh, from Big Daddy Unlimited. Sherry, welcome into Second Amendment Radio. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you for the invitation. I, I couldn't think of a better guest. You guys uh, do everything you can every day to support the Second Amendment. We really do. Yeah. Uh, what What is your um, What is your take before we get into B- Big Daddy and what what you're doing there with the platform? You know, I know this week, for example, the uh, the United States Supreme Court finally took up the issue of just how far these cities and states can go in restricting our Second Amendment rights. That is true. I just had an opportunity to brush up on that um, yesterday, I believe. So I know a little bit about that. I understand um, certain places, such as New York, um, really think they have a lot of power to tell us how we can protect ourselves. It's really egregious and tyrannical, in my opinion. Yeah, we're seeing it all over the place. I mean, from from all these big cities, New York, uh, they'd get away with it in St. Louis if they can. Fortunately, the state government shut them down here uh, because we have some some common sense down in Jefferson City. But wherever they can get away with it, they're trying, and it it it's this is this action by the Supreme Court is long overdue. Yeah, I agree, and it should really start setting some of the standards. What well, we hope, right? I mean, at least um, sending out a warning shot, so to speak, uh, before other cities or states try to pull off something like this. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's why that's why our states and local governments are really so important. Well, it is. It is. And it's why we always encourage people to to get involved and to pay attention and not to take things for granted, right? Well, we definitely can't take anything for granted because, you know, while we're out living life, the other side is very busy trying to, you know, crimp our style and take away our freedom. So when we don't pay attention, things like this will happen. Yeah, they, they kind of sneak up on you. Now, I, I paid a little bit of attention to that uh, National Defense Authorization Act. And unbelievably, I mean, part of it would kind of deter U.S. military personnel from owning firearms. Yes. 
um, I know that's a very controversial um, bill, and I felt like I got a little bit of insight on that prior to that vote. And there's a lot of things that was in that bill that, you know, was in addition to that red flag law. That is what made the most news right. for obvious reasons, but um, I don't know. I, I'm totally against red, red flag laws, and in fact, um, state of Florida here is actually leading the way in those uh, red flag laws and uh, cases right now. So that's not very good for our particular state. But, you know, that portion has been stripped out of the bill. So that is very good. And as I understand, it really didn't have a shot of actually passing. Well, you know, it's good news, and you've got great leadership down there in Florida from uh, Ron DeSantis. I jokingly this week on my radio show referred to him as DeSantis Clause because he's allowing those ships to come in down there to Tampa uh, and unload instead of being stuck off the California coast somewhere. Well, it's really awesome. We um, definitely are great supporters of Governor Ron DeSantis. I have been a supporter of his, you know, for years. And what is awesome about him, really, at this moment, in my opinion, is we knew him before he became governor. We um, worked to, uh, you know, help him become governor. So we knew him before, and we know him now. And he's actually doing the things that he said he would do. But more importantly, I feel like he's governing according to common sense and what's right for the people. Well, he's providing a model for other governors to follow if they'll just do it. The problem is getting some of them off their duffs to uh, to pay attention. Low COVID rates, freedom. I mean, those are the, 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 he's he's a living example of what you can do as a governor if you have the the guts to buck the trend. And I'm I'm thrilled to see that. Hey, uh, we're talking to Sherry. Yeah, that's Mc- exactly right. Yeah, we're talking to Sherry McKnight with uh, Big Daddy Unlimited. Tell us a little bit more about Big Daddy Unlimited and the media platform and and where this idea came from. Okay, well, I'm going to just, uh, my husband just walked into the room, so I'm going to invite him into the call as well. But Big Daddy Unlimited, you know, was not the beginning of our foray into the gun industry. So it was a separate idea that Tony came up with. So is it okay if I just let him say hi? Please do. Tony, how are you? Fantastic. Thanks for having us on. Absolutely. Tell tell us a little bit about uh, where, where you guys started and how Big Daddy Unlimited came to be. Well, we actually started back in 2012 when Sandy Hook happened. Uh, Sherry came running in one day and said, oh my gosh, they're going to take away our Second Amendment rights and we're not going to be able to own guns. And my response was, really? Maybe we should go buy one. And so we took our concealed weapons course on December 31st of 2012. And then in January, we went to every gun show that we could find within 60 miles of our house, ended up with 19 guns. And then me being me, I said, you know, if we got a license, I wonder if we could get them cheaper to fund our hobby. And so that's kind of how Big Daddy Guns was born, which was our foray into the firearms business. When I asked Sherry, I said, hey, you want to start a gun business? She said, <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah. At so, that time. So, so how, I, how did it evolve then? But I played a lot of Call of Duty, so. <laughs> Good for you. Good for you. So how did, it, how did it evolve now? Because people, Big Daddy Unlimited, is, it's, it's a membership base, correct? It is, but I just want to say it's also 
also the importance of, you know, paying attention because I had not been paying attention. Neither of us had. We were working our business, you know, working really, really hard. And then something happened that, you know, got our attention. It got my attention. And I was like, whoa, wait a minute. I don't own a gun. I'm not currently exercising my Second Amendment rights. But I sure understand that they are for me and that I own them. And there's a thing called the Constitution. So that's why I went running to Tony and said, hey, these people are talking about gun control and, you know, infringing on our rights. So that was really the, um, the precursor to that conversation Tony just told you. And when we decided to start Big Daddy Guns, we actually started it as a home-based business with a home-based FFL. And it quickly grew out of there and became a retail store. Um, and then Tony had another idea to take it even bigger a few years later. Okay. That's, so, a, that's exactly what we did. We basically just expanded on the way that we were running Big Daddy Guns, which for all intents and purposes, we sort of ran as a co-op. Because we didn't know much about guns, and we were learning from all our friends, and we wanted all our friends to have the same opportunity we did. And then we came up with the idea of, well, if it's good in this area, maybe it's good on a bigger scale. And that's where the idea of Big Daddy Unlimited came from, which was, you know, give people uh, guns, gear, ammo, and more at prices that they can live with. Okay. Well, which is good. So you you, you have an introductory special of like, what, 99 cents, and then people can join beyond that for the regular rate? Yes, exactly. So 99 cents is the way to get in and see what we have, um, and we have to do that for certain reasons. But once they get inside, they have 30 days to check us out, buy whatever they want, and if they like what they see, they can come back now for nine ninety nine a month and enjoy lots of the benefits of being a member. Ah, excellent. Well, it's BigDaddyUnlimited.com, and I want to thank you both uh, for giving us some time today and, and uh, for fighting the good fight for the Second Amendment along the way. All right. Well, we hope they will check us out, your listeners, at BigDaddyUnlimited.com. Got it. Sherry, Tony, thank you guys uh, very much. Appreciate that. Uh, just another another way you can uh, go to participate, uh, right, and, and show your support for what's going on out there. Outstanding. Yeah. All right. Uh, thank you. Out. Uh, yeah, thank you. I, I appreciate that. Hey, when uh, when we come back here on Second Amendment Radio, uh, Mark Cox here uh, hosting with you today. Uh, Bo's got the weekend off. Uh, we are going to talk to Frankie Cambaletta. Now, Frankie is a partner and a founder in Shift Films, and he's got some unique insight into what happened on the on the the set of Rust with Alec Baldwin. How how that could possibly have happened? Because he's been there, he's been in movie production uh, uh, for a long time, and we're just going to chat uh, him over. We're going to get him in studio here in just a couple of minutes. You're listening to Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors is brought to you by Razorback Armory. 
your gun concierge in De Pere. Looking for an AR, a Glock, maybe ammunition, sales service restoration can be had at Razorback Armory. Find them at RazorbackArmory.com and tell them Bo sent you. All right, Bo, thank you. Mark Cox back here, Second Amendment Radio in the Great Outdoors, along with uh, Carl Middleman. And we (laughs) have been talking a lot about um, what happened on the set of Rust with Alec Baldwin. A few more details have have come out, I think, uh, about maybe how that went down. There are already lawsuits getting ready to be filed. Uh, Several filmmakers uh, have threatened to change the way they do things moving forward the rock I, said no it, more guns yeah, on his set i saw that and um yeah I, i'm not i'm not quite sure that i agree with that i mean i it's weird that you look at all of the westerns that were made over the years and there have never been any problems except one or two problems that we know of but suddenly we have to ban all guns well, or we just didn't hear about them until the 80s i don't know I just, and there have been two casualties of well-known people since the 80s right but that's i mean well, of all the movies now. that have been made i mean it's just it it's an overreaction so we got an expert opinion. we do we got frankie Campbelletta with us right now a partner and founder of shift films located in the heart of the city of st louis and frankie welcome in thank you so much for having me i uh, appreciate it it's been yeah. uh, been a ride uh, yeah this last week with the election and then all the stuff with alec baldwin the, the news is just you know had their share of if it bleeds it leads right so <laughs> boy it's the truth that yeah. is the truth so you know you're riding in your car one day and you hear about this situation with alec baldwin and as a as a filmmaker what do you what what went through your mind at that point it was uh gravely reminiscent of the brandon lee incident <clears throat> Um, where in that particular case there was a, a lodging um, of residue and a slug that was stuck in the barrel. And so when the prop master actually looked into the gun, it was a cold gun, not looking down the barrel, which is what you're supposed to do. And Brandon Lee, of course, lost his life. Um, that was uh, on the set of The Crow. It was a very, very sad tragedy. There's an entire documentary uh, episodic that's centered around Brandon Lee's death and that on set. Uh, when you look at the Alec Baldwin situation um, with the film Rust and Eldorado Pictures, which is essentially um, some of the things that <clears throat> when you look at... Um, so his, you you look at this as, as, as two different things. You look at it as an actor, right, Alec right. Baldwin. Right. I, you take out the politics. You take out you know his his directives, and then you get back to the the base root of what actually happened on set. And and so in this particular set, they were not using prop guns. The prop gun that I was actually going to bring into the studio today is a Western prop gun, but I also have a matching prop gun, which is a real gun, which is an 1873 Uberti Cattleman. Uh, which is actually chambered as a 45, which, of course, if anybody knows their gun history, a 45 wasn't around in the 1800s. So, right, right. Um, it's a very strange Uberti cattleman that's chambered as a 45. It is one of the most dangerous guns that I own. We never keep it loaded, even though it's a fairly new gun. Um, <clears throat> I don't know how much you want me to get into this. No, but- that's okay. It's, it's a, the Uberti is, they, they make models of older guns correct like that. correct that's yeah. what it is to, to, yeah. for people that don't it's, know it's a beautiful gun it's very heavy kicks like a mule yes um it's it's the reason why i have it in my collection is because i have that and i actually own the mosby from 310 to yuma from uh, russell crowe was actually wearing that hat i actually own that hat okay um, so i'm a western fan um i filmed recently 2019 cringe was actually an urban western it's, it takes place in today's world but the entire thematic that jason clayfish wrote was based on kind of like a western scene so we did it in an old bar we did the the characters and we did these things to build it up we never used a gun on set we didn't need to right right so okay. you're hearing a lot of that right now 
Um, so as Alec Baldwin is concerned, Alec Baldwin, the person, is not responsible for this. But Alec Baldwin, the producer, is responsible for this. In the history of filmmaking, in the 40 films that I've worked on, and the 30 films that my friend was on Equalizer, okay, my friend Nathaniel Stewart was on Equalizer, you have prop masters and you have armors, and you're looking at the gun, but it is your responsibility as the actor and the producer to make sure that when you're handed a cold firearm, and I'm saying that in quotes, a cold firearm essentially means that there is no rounds in it, but there might be starter rounds in it, okay? You are to discharge that weapon, but only after you check the cylinders, you check the clips, and you make sure that everything in that is blanks and that the barrels are clean. You take classes on this. If you're going to do any kind of film that regards firearms, you actually are given screen actors, screen actors guilds and many different courses before you even get on set. Now, in this particular case, that gun was a live, real Western firearm. They were using it on the range the night before. I don't know if you guys heard this story. This gun was actually being fired. It had rounds in the chambers. It was left on the prop man's table. Whoa. When an AD, which in the history of filmmaking, an assistant director's job is to not mess with props. That is not his job. An AD is making sure that the set is managed, that we're getting the shots, that we have every shot in the time frame that we've set based on labor. That's AD's job. Without an AD, your film never runs on time, if you have a good one. Why is this guy handling a firearm? He shouldn't be. I've never heard of that in my life. You have a prop master and you have an armor. <coughs> when you're talking low-budget film, yeah. when you're talking, and it is a low-budget film, right? it could be a million bucks. That's very low budget today. All right, Where are you going to put your money? Oh, if it's a Western, you're putting your money in your armor, you're putting your money in your prop master, you're putting your money in your effects. Okay, In this particular shot, this is a beautiful shot. We've seen this a hundred times. Once Upon a Time in the West has a famous shot where the gun is at the camera. Okay, We've seen this shot before. It's, it's a replica. It's paying homage. Um, in Immortal Wars of Saul Bass, paying homage means that you know, you're praying on the dead, but whatever. <laughs> um, you're paying homage to you know, the Westerns that came before you. In this particular case, with Alec Baldwin, he's responsible as the producer. But so, yeah, go ahead. So, so Frankie, l- let me take you back just a little bit. To, you said that you had the prop gun mm-hmm. and you had the real gun. Yes. Clearly, to to an untrained eye like Alec Baldwin, there must he must not have been able to tell the difference, or he didn't check the weapon. One of the two. Correct. What is your define that for? Define prop gun. Versus the real Umberti we talked about a minute okay. ago. So Umberti is going to have the chambers that fire through the, through the cylinder, and it's going to chamber a forty five caliber. Okay. It is impossible to take my Umberti prop gun, which is not a Umberti, but it's the same model gun, and put a real bullet in it. It is absolutely 100% impossible. It's same weight. It same weight. The same. You wouldn't be able to tell. You would yeah. not be able to tell. But when why we have real guns on set sometimes is for extreme close-ups, where the gun is not loaded. If the gun is loaded, it's usually showing the chambers and the rounds going into it. Okay. That's why you're using real guns. You're going to a cut to, right, an insert shot, which is done on the same set on a different day with a prop master and an armor. I've seen this done a hundred times where that scene is cut into the film, but the lighting is right. It's all the same exact shot, but nobody is around. Nobody. You are not allowed to be around the firearm if it is live or if it has fake ammo in it. You are not allowed. So the fact that the director and the cinematographer were actually usually what they do is on set, they would call it, right? And you can remote control with your monitors and press action, and then you're going to fire at the camera. They should have not been behind the camera, regardless if it was a prop 
or a real gun. But they this is rehearsal. Yes, and this was rehearsal. So the fact that he just... Now, the story is the AD handed it to him or Alec Baldwin grabbed it. He could have grabbed the wrong gun, the one that had the bullets in it. But once again, where does the, where does the liability fall? But it is absolutely 100% impossible, in my, in my opinion, and being around them, to chamber real bullets in, in, a, in a prop gun. It's impossible. This was an actual gun. This was a real right. gun. Real thing. Yeah, this was the real thing. They were doing target practice at night Correct. when they were bored. Yes. Is that ever allowed? I mean, no. I don't understand why that would ever be allowed on a movie set anywhere. No, just well, because you no. don't would never want that mix-up to happen. Why would you let live ammunition be on right. a set? It, well, this before, even before, um, I'm a Western guy. I love Westerns. It's yeah, one of my favorite too. genre of films. Yeah. Um, and it's because of the ammunition. It's because of the guns. I mean, I own a Winchester. I own a Marlin. I, I own all these types of 3030s. Hell, I bought them at Southern Armory. One of my best friends owns the place. <laughs> yeah, so, there you go. Thank you. You know, I mean, he was in my yeah. film, the Lemp film. He's in the Lemp film. I mean, so uh, he is my actually my coach. He's my instructor. He taught me how to fire guns. Um, and, and, and this is somebody that, that um, Aaron Paul that I'm talking about is somebody that has taught me gun safety. But Aaron, then you, Aaron's been on this show many, many, yeah, many times. And, and you talk about a lot of you know people that even when we were on the range, we had just done this with the Lemp film. What we did was Aaron Paul actually fired into a gel, a ballistics gel, to show the projection of a 32 Colt revolver. And throw, when we were on set, clear, clear is what you kept hearing. Clear yeah, the set, clear. clear. When we used the actual gun that Elsa killed herself with on the set, it's an actual gun that was used in the murder in 1920. We owned the gun. Don't, wait, don't wait. Ask. You have the gun that Elsa Lemp killed yes, herself? Absolutely. From the Lemp Brewery? From the Lemp Brewery. Wow. It's a 1911 Colt positive lock, um, uh, police positive. Nice. Owned it. Um, but you made you your movie, Lemp's Last yeah. Right. Yeah, which is premiering next year. Let's be clear on that. I mean, St. Louis Magazine, I love them, but they ran the article. And a year pretty, early. Yeah, yeah, ran a year early, um, but it's premiering next year. So when we talk about those guns on set, I had the actor um, who, in this case, was um, Carly, was actually playing Elsa in this film. I had myself, my prop master, my armor, my AD, um, just check the round, not hand the round, uh, myself, check the gun. Then I handed it to the actor. There are no bullets on set. None. None. Shouldn't, Nothing. Shouldn't be? Nothing. No way. The Rock's comments are weird because he's just trying to do it for political reasons. Right. I get it. But when you look at films like Aliens, those guns are fake. <laughs> those don't exist. <laughs> you mean there aren't actual ray guns that yeah. you can shoot people yeah, with? Yeah, the oh, saw on. gun had to be duct taped to the awe, to the arms of the people that were using them. Yeah. We, we can do this in Hollywood. We have the technology that if you're a good enough actor, you don't need real guns on set unless you're doing inset shots. And that makes sense for me. But... You can have replica guns on set that don't even fire. They're, they're loaded up. The barrel is completely solid lead. There, there are those prop guns, too. People like prop guns because of the reactionary. There, there is a new company coming out that actually has CO2 chambers within the handle of the gun that is giving you the kickback that you need, which is great. So you actually hit the trigger. That's the excuse that everyone always says. Yes. You want the recoil and the muzzle flash. Absolutely, because if you see movies like Lethal Weapon... He's literally holding a forty-five caliber, and his hands not moving. Like impossible. <laughs> I right. I know it's impossible. I know powerlifters that do this. <laughs> yeah, it's impossible. Um, so you know when you when you look at it from the full spectrum of it, a year ago when people were talking about rust, there were numerous complaints. We had a couple people that came through our office that actually worked on the set in New Mexico, and it said it was disastrous. Uh, nobody was getting paid. Um, they weren't paying on time. The the set production was just in 
in ill repair. The the management was terrible. And this is all on Alec Baldwin, right? This is his production company. So as producer of the Lemp film and director of Lemp film, I'm responsible not only for the firearm that was on my set that was used, but also for my people that are on my set. So what do we do? We carry $4 million in liability insurance. We carry armors and prop masters on our gun. We have specialists that are on our set when we use guns. And we're a tiny production. The fact that they weren't able to do this, the fact that they got lazy yeah. with somebody's life. And we, we lost Helena Hutchins, who is an incredible female DP, which you never see. You never see women behind the camera. You, it's very, they can direct, they write, they screenwrite. But when you have a DP that's female, that is new for Hollywood. It is. And the fact that we lost her at, what, 43 years old? For, for ridiculous reasons, rehearsal, the shot wasn't even used. They weren't even rolling. The, the lighting wasn't even on. It's just, once again, the, 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 bra, the, 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 the brazenness of, of, of a character like Alec Baldwin, the ego gets to you, you're esoteric. Those types of things factor into these types of sets. You're also trying to get into character, right? So you have that going as an actor, right? So I can, I can sure. step aside and I can step outside Alec Baldwin's horrible Trump impersonations and I can say to myself, <laughs> um, here's the thing. He's an actor, too, and he's a phenomenal actor. Like, we don't give him enough credit. He's Malice is one of my favorite films of all time. But Alec, at the same time, is an actor. He's a character. He's not his, not his job as an actor, to think about if that prop master is cold or not, but it is his job to check the chambers to make sure that they weren't real bullets. I don't know if Alec Baldwin was on the set when they were doing the target practice or that's something that happened after hours. Um, so I don't know. I can't speak to that. But what I can say is an actor is trying to get into his role. He's trying to do this and he's going to rehearse it. But when they do rehearsal, it is just as good as the live shot. It's 100%. When you hit action, it should be the same exact shot because you just rehearsed it. I've never known an actor to do a BS rehearsal shot you're gonna do right. it like you're gonna do it and so that's why he fires the gun so we have to give we have to give some kind of leniency to that aspect of it you know we we had uh, john schneider on bo duke uh, on, sure. on the last show and he was doing a show in springfield and we talked a lot about this issue and he had posted something to his social media to make a point in his room where he's jumped around the corner with his finger pointed like a gun, made a firing scene, and then he went in and used a CG to uh, character generate or, or the whatever computer the generated computer imaging. generated yeah, to, to make fire come out of the end of his finger. Mm -hmm. He's like, we can do these things. There's no reason why you can't. He may be expensive. I don't know. Does that cost a lot on CGI, a major film? CGI is, is, is extremely expensive. If you're low budget, I mean, visual effects and, and VFX, you know, it's it's easy to say, like, the, the Rock who plays the same person in every film. <laughs> you can literally take 30 of his films, cut them all together, and make one film and call it The Rock. Because it's that same character. So I get where Dwayne Johnson and his $7 and his weird story about that when I grew up and I knew his dad at the gym that I worked. But anyway, but when Rock <laughs> wants to come out and make a political statement like, we don't need guns on set. That's inaccurate. It's very inaccurate statement because a lot of actors, real actors, not action heroes that play the same part, but but action character actors like Heath Ledger yeah. and Brandon Lee and you know hundreds of other character actors that we can talk about all day. I mean Batman, right? I mean phenomenal. Sylvester Stallone. Sylve well, yeah, he's an action hero. He's an action hero, but <laughs> just Christian but he can Bale. Act also, Christian Bale is going to want a real gun. Keith Ledger would have wanted a real gun. Yeah. This is not a negotiation. Can you do it in post? Sure. Do you have a million dollars to do VFX for every scene? In a, this is a Western. Yeah. So you know how many times you have to repeat 
that and get the shot right. And not only are you talking about visual effects, you're also talking about sound and mastering of sound and mastering of visual effects to actually make it look real. Um, so also, you know, guns from the 1800s fire very differently. The powder patterns are very different. If you're trying to make this realistic and you're trying to get a close-up slow-mo of a barrel firing, you can't use a prop gun and you really can't do that in SGI without making it look extremely fake. So you're going to use a, a slowdown camera and you're going to use something that's, that's really going to encompass that. Can you do it without people being hurt? Yes, we've done it for decades. <laughs> the fact that this happened is ridiculous. This is not pointing to gun violence. It's not pointing to mishandling of weapons. This all points to budgetary restrictions. This points to um, poor management and production. Are you this just while. saying cheaping out? Yeah. This, this points to don't do a film if you don't have the money to do it. And if you don't have the money to do it, maybe don't do a film where you're going to use firearms. Maybe. I don't know. But you want to put your money not only where your mouth is, but like one of the best scenes is in Snatch when, when they, you know, they hand over the guns and, and they have mm -hmm. the prop guns. Yes. And you see this and he says it says replica on the side of it. They do. <laughs> they actually do say that. Yeah. So, yeah. you know what I'm saying? It's on one side of it so you can get one shot of the Guy gun. Guy Ritchie's smart that way. <laughs> yeah. And and it's really it's an incredible part of the film, but it also gives you kind of an insight as to how real prop guns really look. But as far as chambering them, as far as looking at who's responsible, Alec Baldwin is a hundred percent responsible for this because it's his production company, Eldorado Pictures. It's his responsibility. It's it's the producer. Uh, but who what's hired the insurance the for? There, right? What's the insurance for it? Yeah, but you're looking. This this could be manslaughter. This, right. this this could be this could be huge. This could really be detrimental. I mean, is that gonna, you have to also understand too that New Mexico has very different laws on movie sets. You have the autistic attorney that's that's in, involved in this case now. Your AD is involved in this case now because somebody died in their state on a movie set. Um, so there are a lot of factors in this that we're not covering. Um, but New Mexico is definitely involved in this case, especially like Arizona is a very Arizona, New Mexico. They're pretty liberal gun laws there, especially their hunting is really strange in Arizona. You have to win a lottery in order to hunt. Um, so, it's, yeah, it's very strange. Did Clint, um, has Clint Eastwood ever shot anybody nope. accidentally? Nope. And nope. he's made a lot of dirty, hairy films and mm -hmm. westerns. Westerns. The good, the bad, the I mean, all those great films. Unforgiven. I know. One of the one of the most biggest film mishaps was RoboCop. Yeah. And um, nobody died, but the director was absolutely insane. Paul I mean, Verhoeven? Yeah, he's insane. And they were in Texas. They were in Dallas, which you would think hey, they wanted that film. But he wanted this explosion to be ungodly for this gas station scene. And the prop guys and the armorers and the bomb this is another thing you want to talk about one day. I'll come back on. But bomb specialists and people that are actually doing the fireworks inside the shows, those guys are nuts, too. But, but they're very careful. Very careful because they can kill themselves in seconds. But they got mad at him because he kept wanting the explosion bigger, bigger, and bigger, and bigger. And finally, they said, we'll give him something. And they charged this blast so bad that it shattered every window down the street of the businesses and every car window. <laughs> And so Dallas pulled the film, and they actually had to move the entire set. And no one remembers this because it was in the 80s, but this actually happened. And a lot of people could have been killed or maimed. Nobody was, thank God. Because once again, the responsibility lies on the people. Although they charged that thing up, they knew exactly where people needed to stand. And nobody got injured on that set. So it just goes to show you, yeah, you could, you could have fireworks on a set. But if you know what you're doing and you're responsible, yeah. you're going to clear 
And nobody got injured on that set, but once again, they had to move the entire production because Dallas is like, you guys are out of here. And it's well, supposed to take place in Detroit anyway. Exactly. <laughs> Which they could have done that in Detroit. It would have looked exactly the same mm-hmm. after the explosion. Yeah. So, Frankie, uh, tell tell us more about uh, Lemp's Last Right when that's coming out, when people can see it. Yeah, Lemp's Last Right is coming out um, uh, at some point next year. We do not have a date right now. We are in post-production hell because of the COVID um, the Delta variant. We had to actually cancel our film again, oh, no. uh, postpone it again. But... From everybody I've talked to that actually ho- uh, holds on to the tickets, I mean, if you go to the website, um, elsalemp.com, it's all sold out. It's crazy. People are just holding on. We've maybe maybe refunded about $1,000 worth of stuff. I mean, we have no problem giving refunds. It's not – you know, we self-fund our stuff. We don't owe money to anyone, So, and we didn't spend any of the money. So the money is held up, and we've actually been giving refunds. So we're looking at a production date uh, next year. But here's the fun thing about it. We've had this time to really look at our film and say, I don't even like this film anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and so we took a 60-minute film, and we broke it into a six-part episodic where we're covering the entire Lemp family. Wow. Because we have it. So every the first part is about, it's a very creepy, the first episode is very creepy. It's about the ghosts. It's about the hauntings. It's about what surrounds the Lemp family today. And then it slowly uh, matriculates into Elsa's story. It goes through every suicide in the house. It goes through what guns they used. It goes through why it could be haunted. So it gives that paranormal audience what they're wanting, because when you talk limp, you talk paranormal. Right. But it also goes and builds more into a true crime. So it's a six-part episodic, about 27 minutes an episode. It's going to be a very good show. We're going to have an intermission like the old days. Mm. At, the th- at, the, at the third episodic, when we show the third episode, we're going to have a break right after that. And then we'll go back and continue the film. So we're looking forward to it. We're doing it at Gaslight Theater. We've uh, Will Roth over there has been so understanding about it. So we're doing it at Gaslight Studio. It will be next year. Um, we do have our horror fest running around the same time. Um, so Smart. Yeah, so it's all going to be, we're really, really shooting for October. I can't put that in stone right now until the, the post house says, yeah, we're good. Good. And yeah. and the uh, you want to talk about the podcast real quick? Yeah, so the podcast is Haunted Garage. The new season kicks off this Monday. Um, we're have, uh, we, actually, we did so well last year with our six episodes or seven episodes that we have that we're actually extending it um, and adding a new segment called Haunted Garage Drive-In. And what we're going to talk is we're going to re- review horror movies, but independent horror films okay. and classic horror yeah. films. So everybody's talking about the new films, but we want to talk about some of these indie films that we got from our festival that were actually outstanding. So that's the other one. Outstanding, Fra- Frankie Campbelletta. Thank you for your point of view on this rust shooting. This is it's it's really been eye opening, and I appreciate that because no there aren't very many people that have that have been in, as involved in it as you have who've been commenting yeah. on it. So I'd love to hear that. Thank you. You got it. Appreciate that. Yeah, Frankie Campbelletta, partner, founder of Shift Films. We'll look forward to Limp's Last Right sometime next year. We'll give you details when that's going to happen. All right. Does it for us? That's a good show. We had a good show. It's a wrap. It's a great it's Carl. three weeks in a row. Well done. We'll get Bo Matthews back in here uh, next week. Until then, I'm Mark Cox for Carl Middleman. Thanks for joining us for Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. And all I gotta do is act naturally. Get more at 971talk.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. 
Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 